welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. If you guys have a dictionary at home, open up your dictionary and search for the word inspiring because I'm pretty sure our guest for today is the definition of inspiring alongside many other things. Positive vibes is all I get from this person when I see on social media. She's probably one of the most authentic and humble people I've ever come across on social media. So I'm actually really happy that I get the chance to speak to her and get a bit of her time. She is also the founder and CEO of By Erin. And if that hasn't given it away, then please welcome to the show, Erin Kaur. Welcome, Erin. Hello, I'm so gassed right now. <laughs> I'm actually blushing. One intro, thank you. I'm so honestly humbled and honored to be here. I'm super excited. By the way, I want you to know <laughs> that was made on the spot. <laughs> I did not. That was very fluently said. I'm impressed. Yeah, I did not prepare. So, in case you're wondering, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Honestly, I appreciate your time. How are you doing today? I'm well. I'm really well. I. Actually, thank you. My room is a bit warm right now. I think I need to put the AC on, but otherwise I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> no, good to hear. Not too bad, not too bad. Now, I know you don't really need an introduction, but I had the pleasure to give you one. I also know that a lot of people will know some stuff about you. Some people might not know some stuff about you. So maybe do you want to briefly tell us a bit more about yourself? For sure. So for the 99% of you who are listening, maybe even 100 who have no idea who I am, my name is Erin Kaur. I just turned 26. I am an influencer. So I speak about fashion, beauty, lifestyle from the perspective of someone who grew up without a mum and sisters trying to help other young girls who are also or have also grown up without a mum and sisters. I'm also the founder and CEO, as Eric kindly mentioned, of Byarim, which is a luxury hair care brand. I sound like I'm reading something, I'm really not. <laughs> I was like, why do I sound so smooth? Um, and our primary product is a hair and beard oil. Um, and we've seen great success from it. I've seen great heartache from it, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I've also seen great lessons from it. So I'm really excited to be speaking with you all today. <laughs> the best oil in the game, must I add? I'm literally waiting. Have you got it? I'm waiting for payday, so I've been meaning to get it, okay? Please yes. forgive me. Please don't hate me for this. I've been meaning to get it, but I was waiting for the right time, and I've been waiting for this month's payday to get it, because I want to get, like, a big bottle for my mom and my brother, because they use oil. I'm not really a oil person, but my brother and my mom have always used it. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So exciting. Please, do your before and after images. Send me your thoughts. I really want to know what, what you think. 100% I'll tell you. Awesome. So, by Aaron, for those who may not know, what is Byram and how did it all start, more importantly? So Byram is my business. As mentioned, it's a luxury hair care brand. We started off with one product, the oil. We're expanding into um, not only hair tools, but extending our hair care line in terms of products. And these are all like genuinely made by me products, not by hand. Of course, I have a warehouse and factory, but these formulations are all completely my own Um completely you know tested everything protected it's not a situation i think a lot of people kind of you know they assume that everyone is just white labeling that product do you know what that means private labeling so i just need to always make it very very clear the sis is out here spending a lot of money in the labs with the samples and each squirt of product that i use that's new i'm like okay that was 50 pounds down the drain okay and that didn't work these are all my formulations um the story of how it came about really is is a sad story so 
Uh, I'm going to tell you the shortened version of it. But essentially, um, my mum passed when I was very young. I was eight years old. She was really and truly known for having long hair. I'm really not joking. Like, she was 10,000 times more beautiful than me, and so was her hair. And um, I grew up and didn't really have a concept of beauty, of femininity, and the only thing I could kind of relate to was hair because my mum was so well-known for her hair. So every weekend, I would go to my grandma's house, and just literally sit on her kitchen counter, play with different recipes. We tried all sorts of funny recipes, weird concoctions, um, anything we could really get our hands on until we landed upon the hair oil formula that's within the Bayer and bottle today. And I would say it took me until, took us until the age of, I think, 14. And then from there, I just used it. And I didn't even know I was doing something different or something special, but it just was such a great formulation that when my following started to grow when I was around 22 years old, I think I had around 30K. I And I don't think I've actually told this version of the story before, but I was in a meeting at work and they asked, where do you see yourself in five years? Everyone on the table was very strategic and intentional about saying, they saw themselves at this company and just in a senior position. And da, da, da. I turned around and I actually, to this day, Eric, I can't tell you why I said this, but I just said, I need my own hair business. Even my boss, who I was I was so close to, like we would stay in the same rooms together all the time, like whenever we weren't traveling. She was like, what on earth are you talking about, Erin? Even I was surprised. And then that contract ended and I started working on it. And it took a year, um, I think it took a year for me to actually launch it. A lot went on behind the scenes. But we are here where we are today because of the hard work that was put in, I have to say. So I'm excited to get talking about that later. No, that's awesome. And honestly, like from a lot of people only see what happens on the front end, right? You just see the pretty things. They no, no one ever sees the back end. But best believe when Erin says sis is getting in and putting in the work, she she is putting in the work. And it, it, that is shown by her business and what she's achieved so far. No one warned me it was going to be this hard. So I feel a duty to warn all these young entrepreneurs that like, it's rough out here. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare yourself. You, you're the one who put the pressure on yourself when you said, oh, I want to have my own business. I know, I know. I should have said it. I should have just continued consulting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Live to have the easy life. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about company values, right? What For me, personally, I think values are, are stuff that you just can't, you can't replace. You also can't impose and you can't, shape you can't shape someone to you know just be those values right the values are something that it's within the company culture is within the company uh, sort of un- unwritten contract it's something that you feel it's like the genetic code of a business i completely completely agree with you and i think the word that you used impose eric is such a beautifully worded way to explain one of my biggest gripes within this kind of world of business is that people start a business with no real heart to it and then they try and impose brand values on it but you need to begin with those brand values so i'm sure you were going to ask me what are my brand values (laughs) (laughs) well if you hadn't figured out already (laughs) what are your company values (laughs) i I did um so for me because of the way that my hair all came about i would say one of them is bonding and this means on an intergenerational basis. So this bonded myself and my grandma. This bonded me to the legacy that my mum had left. The second one is transparency. So this comes into the like the ingredients. We've been completely transparent about them from the start. 
the behind the scenes of the business. You know, not only do you get to see the beautiful image of my bottle, but you get to see the beautiful image of my assistant standing underneath the table holding the light up on her head, you know, whilst the photographer is in some wardrobe in the back trying to get the best angle. Um, <laughs> and then finally, it really, really is about like authenticity. So something that is authentic to myself, but authentic to my heritage, my culture and my followers, because my followers really are the people that, that shaped, built, created, gave constant feedback for this oil and it wouldn't be where it is today if not for them. So I uh, like cannot even express, express how much I owe my followers for the blessing of this business really. Yeah, the support has been real from what I've seen and I really, really respect the values that you sort of chosen to sort of embrace in your business. You said bonding, transparency and authenticity, right? And yeah. I started this podcast by saying you're one of the most authentic and humble people that I've come across on social media. I made sure to say that because <laughs> like, obviously we don't know each other, but from what I've seen from social media, authenticity is something that just breeds within you. Like even the other day, I saw a post uh, that you made on Instagram and I've been following you for a little while now. I don't know how long, but I, I sort of, <laughs> I saw this post and it was like a nice, very well taken picture. Uh, I think it was you, like, in, in a car, maybe an I-8. And yeah. your your caption was... I, I love reading captions, I honestly, because they do make or break a picture, in my view. And yeah. your caption was so spotless in terms of, like, wow, like, this girl is just so authentic. Do you, do you probably want to tell that instead of me telling what the caption was in the picture? Yeah, I can tell it. Do you know what's so funny? I wrote that as such an off-the-cuff um, caption, but then so many people have brought it up to me. Basically, my dad has an IA, and it's parked in our garage, so I was like, I really want to take a photo in his car. Literally took the keys, opened it, didn't even turn the engine on, took a photo, closed the door, gave back the keys. Like, didn't go anywhere, didn't drive that car, never driven that car, don't own that car. And I think it's important because a lot of people can, can construe a life that isn't actually reflective of reality. And that's what I would like to kind of break down because I think a lot of people, and I think it weighs a lot on the consumers of content as well, but I view influencers and public figures as 2D things, not actually 3D, 4D human beings with flaws, mistakes, decisions, like all of these, like a personal life. So I kind of, I like to let them in a little bit to know, you know, not my personal life, like I've been very open. I only share 10% of my life, but that 10% does include Instagram. So if there's a behind the scenes of the Instagram, I'd like to show it. So for instance, today, I uploaded a photo from one of my photo shoots last year. It was a horrible day. Uh, my dress nearly caught fire. I was asked to walk on glass. It was horrible. I was crying. And those photos from that shoot, Eric, I have to say to you, are one of the most beautiful photos I've done from a shoot ever. Amazing people on that team, amazing clothing, dress, everything. But the day was horrible. I've posted around 10 images from that shoot and not once did I ever explain that behind the beautiful photo, it was me crying. You know, we had to touch up my makeup halfway through the day. I was calling people like, I wouldn't leave. You know, it was horrible. Um, and I just want people to kind of understand that it's not just about the aesthetic or how pretty the end result is. A lot of it, a lot of stuff goes into getting that beautiful photo. And the more open we are, the more realistic people can be about their expectations of influencers. I think that is the point, isn't it? It's the expectation because everyone seems to have this misconception that everything that you see on Instagram is just perfect. It's sort of 
to the point, right? To the detail. And it's, and it's, that's why I really, really enjoyed that caption. The picture was good as well. I mean, obviously the I8. And you <laughs> it look, was basic yeah, pictures me sitting in the car. Yeah, but it st still looked cool. But the point is, <laughs> is the authenticity that, that breeds within, not just that picture, but every single thing you do within your life. For me, honestly, spot on. And on. I think it's something that you need to learn to like accept because I think there have been times where I've just reverted back to, I'm just going to post a pretty picture with a funny caption and run out of here, you know? And that's something that I've, I'm trying consciously to push myself into, but I do think there's so many other influencers who are doing such an amazing job. And I just wanted to shout out an influencer called Georgie Clark. She's really gone in. Like she does a lot of body positivity, but showing how a normal girl would take a photo on Instagram, you know, with the angles, the posing. And if you literally adjust one of those factors, the posing, the outfit, the angle, the lighting, it changes completely but there's no editing involved. It literally is just all of these things that add up to making the beautiful photo. So I definitely think there's a movement of that online, which I love. Amazing. There's loads of people doing amazing things. Awesome to hear about that. I want to understand something, right? So Byerim obviously has your name. Obviously you kind of the face of the company, the business, the brand, but behind every great and successful person, there is a great and successful team. How essential has your team been for Bayerim? So I want to relate this back to your questions about brand values. When I interview people, and our team is growing, we have a team of around six to eight. Whenever I interview someone new for the role, we really prioritize not the education level, not the experience, not the references, but are your values in line with those of Byron? Do you really, because I really mean it when I care about like sustainability and kind of like authenticity and I really, really mean it, but I need to make sure that that person really cares. And I remember, shout out to my customer service team. She asked me, what more is Byron going to be doing for sustainability? I know your packaging is very sustainable, et cetera. And at that moment, like I had the answer, we're working with a company who offsets the miles that the bottle travels to our international um customers by planting trees and we're kind of in the process of establishing that which was really really nice to know that she was already on the same page with me before I even started and out of all of the things that she mentioned in the interview that was the one that like cinched me so my team is incredibly important but the thing is and I think a piece of advice I would give to every young entrepreneur is don't start with a team start on your own because the thing is, is if I lose any member of my team, I can take over that role. And it has happened. And I have had to do that. And I have managed to do so successfully. If you start by outsourcing certain responsibilities, you kind of lose touch with that task. And that person then might feel indispensable to you. And that's not a powerful position to be in if you own a business for that person to know that you need them. So definitely, I recommend to any young entrepreneurs, make sure you really, really are a jack of all trades if I had to. I would step in and do customer service. If I had to, I would step in and do logistics and whatnot else things that I have done. But after the first year of me running, I would say first year and a half, I started working with my dad. And I think a lot of the criticism I get is that, oh, my dad does my business. That's really not the case. And at every opportunity, Eric, I will say to people, like I did it on my own for one and a half years to a detriment. Like my dad really didn't want to help me. There were so many times where I was like talking to a supplier and I very much felt like my supplier was not taking me seriously. And I was like, I just need you, dad, just get on the phone and shout at him, please. <laughs> and my dad would be like, nope, because the second I get involved and people are going to say that I done it for you. So it really kind of like, I had to toughen up a lot. 
I really got to the point where it was just too big for me to handle on my own. I proven to my dad and it really, it sounds like the apprentice, right? But I really proved to my dad that this is a, a viable business because he has so many businesses. I was like, dad, it really is working. Can you just come and help me now? <laughs> and then he came. So he is someone that I can't do what he does. And he is the most integral part of my team. But yeah, and I, overall, I couldn't, I wouldn't be anywhere without my team. And I speak to them every day and I'm obsessed with them. And all of our birthdays are in January. So we're all very similar. <laughs> <laughs> Birthday twins. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we had about four, I think four of us turned our birthdays the same week and I sent presents to everyone and I was just saying to my sister I'm so sorry for making you guys post office every day <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's great and I think you touched upon something that was really important right you started by yourself to put yourself in the position where you can do everything you kind of jack of all trades and then your team which is why I wanted to bring them up is as soon as you start scaling that business right as soon as we start talking scalability how do we go from shipping in the UK to shipping internationally and all these things that require a bit more resource that's where when the team sort of is important and that's why i wanted to bring it up because i know that you're shipping for i'm giving this very specifically you're shipping from the uk or locally to international is something that if i'm not mistaken <laughs> i've not done my research wrong something that is very recent uh, well recent as in like a couple months yeah it was yeah, it was last spring. La last spring. Okay, so lockdown um, has made time really quick. But when I said a couple months, it's it's still recent. It feels recent, hundred percent. Feels like yesterday. I remember that launch. I was so nervous. Um, but no, and just to reiterate, like I I could never run this business on my own right now. Like I started by packing things up on my own in a hotel room. Well, not on my own, but with my girlfriends, paying them in takeaway. You know, putting the stickers on by hand, all of those types of things. So. If it was need be in my warehouse, they need an extra worker. Like, it wouldn't be the case. But, like, yes, I could go and do that. Am I going to do that? Is there ever going to be a need for me to do that? No. But I do think that knowing that you can is a very, very powerful thing. Because when I was visiting different warehouses, teaching them, okay, it goes sticker, then ribbon, then cut the edges, and da, da, da. It was like, if I didn't know that, and if I didn't know the trick, you know, there's certain things with like a ribbon, it's like, you know, the trick to getting it the perfect amount around the neck is to put your finger on the inside. And, you know, all those kind of little, little tips of the trade that you might not have otherwise known, it would have just led me into situations where maybe I was paying extra because it's a per piece rate or per time rate. Um, and they were taking longer. And had I not been able to give them that tip to save them time, I would have been paying extra, you know? 100%. And the fact that, so there's this saying that it says, if you're able to explain something to someone else, that means you understand it well enough. If you're not, it means you definitely don't understand it well enough. You just literally explain to me. I might as well come work for you now, right? But you just literally explain to me how to sort of do that process. And, and I think that's really important to have as an entrepreneur and just as a person who loves your business, which you do. Like, this is so visible. And for anyone who still has any doubts, if you're listening to this and you still have any doubts, please re-listen to the episode. Restart it. <laughs> because this... No, I literally tell people, like, there's no red blood in my veins. Like, it's literally oil in my veins. <laughs> I really mean it. And I think that that when I have people in my real life, you know, so you mentioned that you were going to buy it and stuff. When I have my friends and stuff like that who buy it, I'm just like, I'm so grateful that I didn't need to convince someone that this is worth it. You know, they just saw it and they went off and did it. That's the, my favorite type of thing. You know, someone who just trusts me off the bat. 
it's a good feeling because your product speaks for itself like even when i say like i'm i'm not going to buy it because you're on the podcast nothing to do with it i've literally been waiting for no. my payday which is this friday <laughs> uh, no no yeah. one cares about that but it's this friday <laughs> to go i care oh thank you <laughs> Every sale is so important, no matter how many you're getting, really, so important. You know how he started this by saying, I'm so gassed. I'm so gassed right now because you care. <laughs> but no, honestly, it's, it's, it, your product speaks for I itself. I tabs. <laughs> Let's talk about future, future by Aaron, right? I'm not going to ask you that typical question. Oh, where do you see yourself in five years time? Like... We've, yeah. we've been there, done that question a long time ago. God knows. Right? Five years ago, you were asked that. Now you are where you are. Forget forget that question. What I want to know is, is the goal for Buy Aram to either expand to new products within the same industry or branch out and t- tap out into something, into, into a different sector or continue the same path by just growing this one product out, which is working, and just see where it goes. And I know this might be a very precise question at this point in time. And if you don't have an answer, not a problem. But I'm curious. What? What? Where do we see by Aaron? Well, where? Sorry. Where do you see? Not me. Where do yeah. you see by Aaron? Going? Well, as soon as I know, I share it with my followers and you guys. So it is a we thing. It really is. So thank you for asking me that question. I definitely feel as someone who is the the lead decision maker in her company. Often, because you don't have anyone like critically asking you what your goals are, what your intentions are, you kind of slip into this pattern where it's just like you're running into the next day, into the next day, into the next day. You're not actually thinking long-term. At least that's something that I find myself wrongly falling into. For me, I think I get a lot of people, you know, being really into my clothes and into my makeup and jewelry and fragrance and stuff like that. And whilst I have such a personal passion for these types of things, for me, what I see as being the main focus is hair care. So I would very much stay within the hair care realm. I wouldn't necessarily branch out to a makeup line or a clothing line because I do think, you know, if you know something well, stick to what you know. The second you start diversifying your product offerings to such an extent where you're crossing over into different markets, different industries, different worlds, it can become confusing and you lose that notion that you're an expert in something. So I would love to further establish myself, not only as an expert in hair care, but by Aram as a thought leader in the world of hair care. We really try to reinvent people's perception of hair oil with by Aram because it's not greasy, because it doesn't smell bad, because you can use it every single day if you choose to do so, you know, on your ends and stuff like that. I would love to continue to innovate within the hair care world. And when I say innovate, I use that word very loosely. Like, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but, like, I'm rethinking certain things that we haven't considered in a long time. You know, the way people wash their hair, the way people oil their hair. I'd love to make certain adaptations. That, sound, that sounds really exciting. And, by the way, there was obviously not a wrong or right answer. This is, like, just a very curiosity-type question that I wanted to ask you. Because, uh, I don't know, I just think maybe other people will be wondering the same. And, and one of the things that... I've had multiple conversations with friends that they have businesses and stuff and they come to me for like, you know, just a little advice and stuff like that. One of the things, have you ever heard of root cause analysis? No. Right. So I'll briefly explain it to you. So it's effectively asking a question and then sort of digging into the deeper underlying cause of that question and that question and that question, right? So no. for example, I woke up late today for work I did, by the way I didn't I hope work's gonna listen to this but I did not work this is an example uh, but as an example I woke up today late for work why did I wake up late for work because my alarm it was on the phone all night yeah no 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 because my alarm didn't 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 go off 
why did my alarm okay. not go off? Because I was on the phone last night very late and I forgot to put it off. Why was I on yeah. the phone? And then you just sort of like dig deeper yeah. into. But the question I'm that sorry. I always ask from a business perspective when my friends come, because a lot of people I know are doing amazing, like yourself, is does it make sense to do this at this point in time? That's the question that I always ask. For any this for anything that is at least in the business realm, it's always does it make sense right now? Why That's why a good question. Why, why not? And then you start digging deeper into it. So for, for, yeah. for, for this case that we're talking about, right? Does it make sense for you to just go and do a makeup line at this point in time, right? I don't have the answer because I'm not Aram and I'm not your team, but I guess from what you said just now, it probably doesn't. Not at this point in time. Doesn't mean it won't happen. It may or may not, but it doesn't make sense. Why? And then the reasons are obviously not going to sort of, that's, that's up to you to sort of figure out. But that's kind of like what I work around. And I like that you said... I want to stay right now within this industry and this sector and tack on the little things and make little adaptations because that's what makes sense for you and your business. So I kind of just wanted yeah. to like touch upon that. And from that, yeah. I want to say that one of the things that I'm really, really amazed, I was looking for a word. I'm Portuguese guy, so bear with me. But <laughs> amazed is the word. Not many brands are able to shift from being just a brand to being a community. And so I look to, to your business now and I've been following you and your business. Well, your business I followed recently, but you and the journey of your business I've been following for a very long time. And I can say confidently that you've made the shift from a brand, from just a brand and a business to a community. And I want you to tell me in your view, how did that shift happen? Because it doesn't happen for everyone, but it happened for you and obviously many other businesses. I have to be honest with you, Eric, I, I actually think it was the other way around. I think we started as a community. And as I saw the need amongst these girls who didn't have moms, who didn't have sisters, for that information. And for me, this beauty of having a hair oil formulation really was just a manifestation of me being lucky enough to have had that bonding with my grandma that some other girls wouldn't have had. And I felt it really, I really felt it was my duty. Like if I'm sat here talking to them how to paint your nails and da 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 if they're all asking me about my hair and they're part of my community like let me share that secret with you but better yet let me bottle up that secret for you and post it to you myself you know that's how it kind of happened so I went from a community workshop to a brand that's amazing and I did not even expect that answer so it's it's really interesting that you could sort of opened up a bit my my perspective on on Bayerim even more that's really interesting and and I'm I'm glad that the fact that the community relates to the story and everything it's like the the dots connect right it, it does full circle yeah I, that's that's amazing for me and sometimes it's not even intentional but I do believe like a lot of things like the stars lined up like I think I got very lucky when it came to Bayerim like there's of course a certain level of skill and and you know whatever else you want to say that comes into a part of it that you can affect but I have to say, I think I was just very, very lucky. And there's, I don't know what I can account for that. I'll, I'll, I'll say, so this is something that I personally believe in. I think a lot of the things in most cases are 90% hard work, 10% luck. So when you say you were very, very lucky, I'd say you were lucky. I wouldn't say very, very, because I'd still look at you and say 10%. It's, it's for everyone. This is not at you. It's just generally, right? Like my podcast has been doing well and it's a small podcast that's, you know, a couple months old, like, I, I, I can sit here and say... Uh, no, it's amazing, I, I, yeah. I'm, you told me your stats, it's sick. I'm lucky, I am. But I also think to myself, 
I, I worked so hard. I love yeah. this podcast. You worked so hard. You love by Aram, right? So I think yeah. don't don't discredit yourself uh, when it, when it comes to your business. Thank you. Now, last question about by Aram before we go into some fun stuff. <laughs> How <laughs> you've learned so much. I'm assuming you've learned so much from this experience. Oh, I have learned so many lessons in life. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, and that's not and that's not the question. Actually, the question is: now that you know those lessons, now that you've learned, now that you've experienced, and you still are going through that process, as we all are, oh, yeah. you'll, you'll ever be, continue. What would your top tips be for anyone wanting to? either start a business or someone who has currently a business that's sort of like up and coming? What are the top mm -hmm. tips? Mm -hmm. So I did a YouTube video about this very, very recently, I believe yesterday. So these tips are fresh in my mind. So I'm, I'm happy talking with you. First one I would say is work backwards. So a lot of people, I think especially Asian people, we have kind of like a dissy mentality. All right, Amy, let me just build it up in my kitchen and then let me send it out to people via Royal Mail. <laughs> that's all well and good, but that's not legal. You know, that's not safe. That's not in line with industry standards. That's not been tested. And I'm not just talking about hair oil. It could be like a lip gloss. It could be a powder. It could be a food. It could be anything. And obviously there are certain things that you can do as a small business. Like they do allow you to do that. But think big and then work your way backwards. So what is your end goal? Some people don't want to be in retail spaces. So that wouldn't be their end goal to be in Harrods. Some people want their end goal for their bikini to be worn by Kira Knightley most random example, do not know where that came from. But then you have to work backwards from there. And I think the key thing is just making sure that your business is scalable in the partners that you're working with across the supply chain. So if you've got a swimming costume company, are you working with a little grandma that lives down the street who can sew one bikini per day? Or are you working with a factory that can sew, God knows, 100 bikinis per day? And even though if they can make 100, they can also make one. You know, they may not do one for you because that might not be exactly their minimum order quantity, but make sure you're working with partners who do have that scalability um, across the supply chain. My second piece of advice is to surround yourself by very honest people. And I think we all have, I'm sure Eric, you do as well, that friends in your life that will just say to you, take off those jeans. Those are heredious. You can't wear those when we go out. That's your girl. That's your boy. That's your bestie. Do not let that person slip through your yeah, you're nodding. Do not let that person slip through your fingers because the second that you make a logo, you can show them. And really, if it's not good, they'll be the ones to tell you. I think I'm quite a like leader kind of person. And I think a lot of people in my personal life often like to just say yes. And that's something that I've had to step away from. And I've had to force myself to be around the people who say no to me. And it's very jarring at times because I don't like that. But you do have to be open to hearing no. Because at the end of the day, you're not the end consumer of your product. If I was to create a Herald that was just for me, it might look a bit, it might be pink, my bottle. Like, you don't know. But then would everyone else buy it? No. Actually, a piece of advice that I've just thought of is work on marketing yourself as an individual as much as the brand itself. People buy into people. And I think that in the very first, yeah, in the very first few, like I'm sure a lot of the people who listen to your podcast are genuine fans of you. And then secondhand fans of the content and the people that you're interviewing. So for me, I believe there's a phrase, isn't it? You need 1,000 true fans in order to be successful. Have you read that book? No, I have. I'm going to disappoint you again. <laughs> no, I, I haven't read it either, but I know it's a thing. Okay, I read okay. the title. <laughs> okay, so, we, so we're on the same boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, so I'm just going to run with it. Sorry if I've misinterpreted it, if the author is randomly listening. Um, 
But I think you need to learn to market yourself. And I think the reason why Byron was successful from the go was because people really, really liked me. And especially the first launch, you know, I had 250 bottles sat in my car, in the boot of my car, ready for me to go to a hotel room, pack up with my girlfriends. And those people had no reviews to go off. They had no, you know, customer testimonials, not, no before and afters, no images, no evidence that I'd even ship it out to them, you know, but they just believed me off the bat. That's because they liked me. They believed me, you know. I wouldn't have got the sales if the, if I hadn't marketed myself in the way I had on Instagram. So I think it's really, really important to treat yourself as a brand as well as your actual brand. Amazing. So, why didn't I include that in my YouTube video? I'm so dumb. <laughs> hey, exclusive, <laughs> exclusive content. <laughs> you heard it here first. Everyone switched off 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This girl talks too much. <laughs> don't even. I feel like I talk too much. I mean, I created a podcast for the excuse of allowing me to talk. So it's cool. Um, honestly, I think solid, solid pieces of advice and I couldn't agree more with the one that you said about make sure you surround yourself with people that's just going to tell you how it is. And for me, like, I have a few friends that are like that, but most importantly, my, my brother. Like, if I show something to my brother yeah. and my brother tells me, nah, like, he yeah. means it. And he says, nah, more often than he says, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, okay. and my mom's okay. like, my mom's like that but as that's well. when you know the yeah mean it. You know, you're like, yes. <laughs> 100%, because that, that, that means that you're doing it right. And it, it turns out to be like that. Now, I want to shift us to... A bit more of like a, a by the way, this has been a lot of fun so far. <laughs> this has been a very fun <laughs> yeah, podcast. But I want to shift this to a more like informal type fun. So the next segment of this podcast is called the What's Questions. So this is something that we're doing in 2021 now. It's a pretty cool thing that we wasn't doing uh, back then, but we're doing now. I'm basically going to ask you rapid fire questions. And you just answer the questions. And if you want to elaborate, go for it. If you don't, that's absolutely fine. But it's just random. By the way, this is completely random. It does not have any meaning or story behind it. It's just it's just random rapid fire questions to get to know you a little bit more outside of the CEO entrepreneur area that we just talked about. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Ready? What is your favorite dessert? Um, the chocolate cake when it has a melty bit in the middle. Oh my I God. think it's called chocolate fondant. Fondue. fondue. I think it's fondue or something. I don't know, one of them's cheese. I think fondue or fondant is cheese. I don't know. I just know when I see the picture of it on the menu, I'm like, yes. Oh, oh my, <laughs> I'm getting hungry right now. Oh, I should not ask um, you that. souffle? Is it a souffle? Oh, actually, chocolate souffle. Yeah, that might be it. Okay, so for anyone listening, clearly me and Erin are not like desserts experts. <laughs> You're like, it's my favourite dessert, but I don't know what it's called. And you can't even tell them where to go buy it. Nothing. There's, 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 there's literally nothing here. <laughs> what is your favorite hobby? Okay, listen. I really like chatting on the phone. I could chat on the phone all day long. I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. Chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream? Chocolate ice cream. What about you? I yeah. I'd always go for chocolate. I'd always the look of surprise on your face when I asked you that question yeah, back. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. Do you know what? I was? I was surprised because I don't know for some reason I expected you to say vanilla. Don't get me wrong, I'm chocolate all day long, but I don't know why. And you saw my face. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I expected vanilla. Okay. Do you I think pre- that says more about me than it says about you. To be honest, that you thought I was gonna say vanilla. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Work out at home or go to the gym? 
I'll go to the gym big time. But I've developed a bit of anxiety going to the gym on my own because I've been training with, um, shout out to Ikum PT, she's my trainer. I've been training with her for over a year now, so I'm so used to her being like my little buddy, racking everything up for me, but yeah, going to the gym. 100% yeah I'm I'm down for that as well although right now I yeah. wouldn't I mean gyms are even not even open to be honest which is hard yeah okay well something more more light-hearted here hoodies or dresses dresses have you seen my Instagram I'm dresses all day long I'm wearing one right now but I have to say I wear the dress for the photo I can see you wearing a hoodie <laughs> but once the photo has been taken I'm getting back into my hoodie okay I'll lay off I'll lay off <laughs> Yeah, I, people can't see it, but yeah, I'm wearing a hoodie, so I was just like sort of flexing it right now. <laughs> coffee or tea? I have said, do you like tea? But I drink coffee more just because I feel like it really gives me an energy boost. Like after one sip, I'm like, I'm awake. What about you? I think tea, right? You were drinking tea at the beginning of this. Wait, before that, did you have a coffee before this podcast? No. Oh, okay. Just I don't drink caffeine after two o'clock. Is it like a, a, a rule for you? It's like personal, like you don't? Yeah, because I'm very much lightweight in all sense of life. Like if I have one Diet Coke, I've got such sugar rush. If I have one coffee, I've got so much energy. So I stick to it because the half-life of coffee works out. So I'm not going to be awake at night time. Makes sense. Off at <laughs> no, that makes sense. I'm actually both. Like for me, mm-hmm. the main thing is I need... A hot drink first thing in the morning before I start work. Yeah. And I need a hot drink straight after lunch. That's okay. like re- religiously. I need those. But okay. it doesn't matter if it's a coffee or a tea. It's whatever I'm in the mood for. So lately I've been in the mood for tea. But God knows before that I was a year, two years straight on coffee. On and off with tea. So it's it's just I need the hot drink. So I'm not, I'm going to go with both. I don't, that's not an option here, but it's fine. Uh, it's, it's, it's the podcast. So what is your favorite type of music genre? Okay. What do I like? Definitely. I think UK grime. I like R&B, hip hop, that type of vibe. What about you? Yeah. Representing. Although I'm not from the UK, like UK grime, hip hop, R&B, sort of like the things that I really, really listen to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Favorite artist? Drake. What about you? I was, I was literally <laughs> going to say Drake, like, and I can't wait for the new album. I can't wait for the new album to drop as well. Last... Oh my God, same. Someone leaked, like, um, some of it onto their story, and I was like, oh my God, it's literally fire. I'm so excited. Did you see that that post? That so Someone, um, so he posted the picture recently, and someone made the meme out of it and said, he looked bare sad, this album about to bang. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's you actually... You know when Drake's going through it. <laughs> yeah, he, if he's going through it, you know it's going to bang. All right, last yeah. question for this. It's really, really fun, actually. What is your favourite social media? I actually think it's Twitter, because I started out on Twitter when I was, like, 15, 16 years old. I think it's, like, the place where the memes originate, you know? And it's, like, when you're there on Twitter first, and then I see it on all the meme pages on Instagram, like, a week later, and I'm just, like... Been there, done, man. Like you're not late. Uh, so I like being kind of like abreast of humor in the UK. That was the most loser way of explaining it. But what about you? <laughs> no, that was good. That I was being abreast of the humor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think to his bands like <laughs> it's questionable choice because of words. It's like what you have to say, not how you look. Instagram is about how you look. Like I don't need to put makeup on for any person to be fair, but like for Instagram, probably more so. Twitter, I just can lie in bed and say my thoughts, and people like it. 
and don't like it, but sometimes I like it. Mostly like it. <laughs> but I hope so. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, Twitter, like, for me, is, like, big because, like, all those and you mentioned the memes i'm so glad you did because for everyone that thinks that the memes are being created on on instagram and stuff like that they're not they're actually being caught and you even see the credits on the caption they actually get taken yeah. from twitter because twitter is yeah it's just a screenshot yeah yeah but i would also say right now i probably use instagram a bit more than i use uh, so definitely twitter. definitely uh, well obviously you do as well <laughs> if you didn't i'd be surprised and yeah. on that note we finished the what's question segment so that was pretty cool so I think because we just touched on social media, I think it makes sense to talk about your social presence. I wanted to ask you, how did you build your social presence? Was it intentional, strategic, like you just knew that this was what I was going to do, three posts a day, by the way, I'm making numbers up, blah, blah, blah. Or was it fully organic, natural, it just happened and one day you just stumbled across this, well, you didn't just one day stumble, but you get it, it was just naturally something that happened so i think let me give you the bigger picture first so i've been on instagram casually since i was 18 started taking it a little bit more seriously when i was 21 and now i'm 26 and i've got just over 200 i think 220k followers it has been a very very steady growth curve since i was like 21 22 where i started to take it seriously the reason why i started to take it seriously literally and I, I really, I don't know if you believe, but like an energy and like manifestation and stuff like that. I think what I was doing was manifesting like girls into my life. And I, I've always been a girl's girl in terms of like my friendships and stuff like that. But like, I think I just was manifesting more female presence in my life because I very much lacked that growing up. And I think that was helping me to find other girls who were also wanting that type of energy and that type of companionship in their life. And we just kind of happened to like collide with one another on social media. And that started to grow really authentically without me honestly, even intentionally affecting it or even being aware. And it kind of just slowly started to creep up on me. I didn't make a single penny from my Instagram account until I was about, I think at 20K, I got paid 20 pound for a post. Like I was getting done over left, right, center by these brands. I didn't get approached for a brand collaboration until I had nine, 10K. And of course that was unpaid because I had no friends in the industry, because I didn't see perceive it as an industry. I really just thought that I was just kind of like, just meeting loads of girls on the internet. That sounds really weird and CD, but obviously that's not what I meant. Um, so I kind of just started to, to snowball from there. Obviously it got to a point where I was very aware, okay, I have this presence. A, what can I do to bring positive value to these girls' lives? But B, what can I do to ensure that we have strong engagement? Because I think a lot of people focus on things like reach and follower growth and they focus on engagement. Engagement detects reach algorithmically. So if your post bangs amongst a certain segment of your existing audience, Instagram's going to be like, okay, people are liking this. Let's show it to other people who are duplicates of this audience. Because if this audience of 12-year-old girls likes it, that audience of 12-year-old girls is probably going to like it. And that's how you get growth. But you need to focus on your existing audience. And I think knowing how the algorithm works in that way and just having a genuine love for my followers and just being so close to them, like to this day, not a single person has ever been logged into the ARM account. It's me who responds to every single comment, every single DM or as much as I can. Having that closest with my followers means that I'm able to see what they like and create content based off that to give as much value to them as I possibly can. Wow, that's that's amazing. And I, I really like the fact that you, you sort of, went from manifestation to the point of where you are right now. And so the question that follows up after that, 
because I've been following you for quite a while, a little while now. And when I came across your profile on Discovery, I looked at your profile and your bio, I am not even kidding. Like, I am not even kidding to you when I say this. Like, I genuinely mean this. Your bio was what caught my attention. And if you want to read your bio instead of me reading it out, I'm fine with that. But yeah. your bio caught my attention. It just says, so doing it for the girls who grew up without mum and sisters. And I think, you know, and I, I think it's important to be honest. I am very aware that, like, aesthetically, my pictures are nice. You know, like, the makeup, the clothes, the da-da, like, that benefits me so, so, so much. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all very, like, vain, superficial human beings. People are going to like pretty photos more than they're going to like something that, like, that just doesn't physically appeal to them. I think I'd be stupid to ignore the fact that that's a lot of the reason why I've got the following I have. But then it's what do you do with that? Once you've got that following, once you've got that platform, what are you doing with it? And I think it's really important, again, looking back to your brand values, like, why did I start my Instagram? Okay, well, I started it so I could share, you know, pictures of me on nights out on my breakfast in the morning with my girlfriends. But why did I start posting intentionally? It was so I could connect with these girls. So if I'm growing because people like my outfits, okay, great. But then they're staying because hopefully they're like me, you know? A hundred percent. And to the point that I was trying to make is your profile was on my discovery page. I clicked on it, I read the bio, and straight away, and I know this is very like, you know, judging a book by what you're reading on the on the headline of the on the title of the book, I guess if we gonna if we're gonna call it that. <laughs> judging a book by its title. <laughs> yeah, I guess we just literally rephrased it. But that what that said to me was there's more to this person. Like there's just so much more. I mean some people look my profile and they're like let me ask her for feet pics so you're one of the few who really got it 90 <laughs> percent of people don't get it which is fine maybe they didn't read any of it maybe i just gave the wrong impression maybe it's on me feet pics <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shocked i did not expect you to say that you should not be shocked okay you should not be shocked no no I mean, don't get me wrong look i'm not taking i'm not taking anything away like with all due respect like you are like very good looking. I say this with the utmost respect. Uh, like, no, I am something. <laughs> like, but for me, it was just like there was so but much it's the more. Feet. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it's the feet. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> oh god. Okay. I don't know how they find it. Like, I wear shoes in all my photos. Yeah, you're always wearing heels, aren't you? Like. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's not get into discovering how this happens. I don't really want to know. <laughs> I genuinely don't want to know this. This is something that you can find out yourself. <laughs> right. So role model. That's the thing that comes to my mind. And I'm actually, I'm actually not a big fan of the word role model. I'm actually a bigger fan of the word real model, which is what I think you are. Ooh. And I don't mean model in the sense of like, you know, you take... Like I mean it in the fact that you're not playing a role. Like you are authentic, you are you, you are literally doing it because that's who you are. It's not you stepping into a role. So I guess maybe I know that's not what role model means, but I interpreted it too deeply for me. And I think like real model is what stands out for me. So when I look at you, I don't think you're a role model, although you are a role model to girls, but I think you're a real model to young girls around the world. If you get the meaning that I'm trying to um, uh, okay, discuss in this conversation. This is great for my ego, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cut this part out. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. I, I, very overwhelming. I don't really know what to say, but um, I think, 
you know, being perceived as a role model or being seen as a role model, even just by one person gives a lot of pressure in a good way. You know, I, I love being under pressure. Like diamonds are formed under pressure. I really, really think that's when I perform best. When I don't have deadlines and a million things going on, I'm very like relaxed and just kind of chill, um, which isn't the most productive state for me. So I think that it's like an honor that I get to say that even if just one person sees me as a role model, because growing up, I had no, no female role models in my life besides my grandma, works with them, but of course is of a different generation, is from a different country, and it's very difficult to apply her values and her principles and her personality and stuff like that to me in the setting of like a 12-year-old girl living in the UK. Um, <clears throat> so in any way that I can positively influence someone's life, that's really important to me. But at the same time, like I think it's really important as well to see your role models or real models as you call them as 3d human beings because there's so many times where i make mistakes on a daily basis and i have done so consistently throughout the time which i've been public on social media um, and i think it's kind of how you approach those mistakes and handle those mistakes and learn from them that means you're a role model versus someone who is right all the time a lot of people have very high expectations of me and i have to say that's one of the more difficult parts of being on social media is feeling like i can't make a mistake but it's the people who see me bounce back from a mistake and praise me for that that are the people i'm truly here for not the people who hold me to this barbie perfect standard that no human being can adhere to authentic real model change your bio please no i'm joking okay <laughs> so for me the question here is why do you put that pressure on yourself, right? Because you spoke about how it's a bit of a self-pressure. Uh, although it's something that you do out of your heart, right? I'm not, I 100% understand that. But if there's a little pressure there, like why, why are you doing it? I want to get to the sort of underlying cause of... Root cause analysis, I see what you're doing. <laughs> Honestly, I just perform well in chaos. Like my friends, literally their nickname for me is chaos. My friend the other day, she was like, happy birthday, chaos. And I was just like, okay, we're really, really reinforcing that idea, but it's cool. I just, I've just always been in chaos. So I just perform better in chaos when there's not so much pressure on me and there's not so many crazy things going on at once. I'm kind of a bit confused. I'm like, what's, why is it quiet? What's going on here? You know, we really seek to reinforce the patterns of our childhood and the way we were brought up. And I think that we adapt to the climate with which we learn those skills. So if someone was brought up, very calm, consistent, stable, all of this, they're going to perform best in that environment. But if someone's brought up in just pure madness, you're going to perform best in that environment because that's what you're used to. Amazing. So that, both of those is okay. So yeah, 100%, those both are valid. So that self-pressure adds to you the way you perform best. But why, why be a, a role model to everyone else? And I know we've covered this a little bit, but I want to ask you directly. I think it's just because I just didn't have one. Like if I, as younger Aaron, came across Big Aaron's profile, for a fact, I know my dad would have been A, really pissed off. B, or number two, whatever I'm doing with my fingers, he would be spending money left, right and center because anything that Big Aaron would have recommended to little Aaron, little Aaron would have bought it without a question, without a shadow of doubt because I just, I like, like, I just needed someone to tell me what to do. Because I had no idea. I didn't even know how to wash my hand. Like, I had no clue. I was out in the source, lost, gone. Sis was confused. I really can't emphasize that enough. So I would love to be a role model to any girls who feel that way. So they're just not as lost, even if it's, like, the smallest bit of guidance that I can give. Because I don't know everything about femininity and and not even just women-related things, but just, like, grown-up things. I really, really don't. Um, and I think I know less so than my female counterparts who did grow up with mum and sisters and stuff like that. And especially the more 
intangible elements of being a woman. So how to handle yourself like at a wedding, for instance, I didn't have any aunties. So I didn't know I would sit on the men's side of the Gondwara. Like I didn't know um, those types of things. If I would have been given a heads up, like if I had someone there to kind of little bit tell me how to handle that situation, I think I would have been a lot less confused. I would have been a lot less alone. So I, that's why I do it. I relate to, to what you just said so, so closely because, okay, a little bit, I guess, of insight. I won't yeah, go tell me. too much into it because I think this is about you, not about me. But um, my parents have been divorced since I was, since I remember which, well, they've been re- divorced for so long that I don't even remember. That's what I was trying to say because I was that young, right? And so for me, like divorce, what's divorce? Is that a new toy? Mom, is that a toy? No, it's not a toy. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing, right? But at the time, obviously, like, you know, it didn't affect me. And my brother. We didn't know any difference. Because yeah. we didn't know. But then growing up, I realized, oh, also divorce, yeah. divorce. That's what it's not a toy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and so my mom, you know, she's my best friend. You know, like you know, I think about the basics. Like when I, you said like you know how to handle yourself as a woman. Like I think about how to handle myself as a man. Like do the like the first time I shaved my beard. Like yeah. That wasn't mm-hmm. you know that was my mom. Like so yeah. I so closely relate to what you say. Although completely different stories and different situations but no 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 but that's the beauty of it is like growing up feeling alone or or like not as guided as you wanted it to be like that feeling is what I'm trying to find in other people because it doesn't necessarily have to mean that your mom is dead do you know what I mean like in order for you to relate to me your mom could be really old and she just doesn't get modern day stuff you know your sisters could be so much younger than you that you don't have that companionship in terms of a friend um and in your case of you like you you had just one person explaining certain things to do with being a man that maybe she didn't know the best and maybe she did maybe your mom's a barber i don't really know oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's definitely not a barber but she is a g she's a legend she's yeah she's a, she's I a legend 100 i and believe that i think all single parents my dad yeah my mom, honestly like all single parents sh- shout out to your dad so uh, you, get, your <laughs> you gave all these shout outs to your pts and stuff shout out to your dad <laughs> Shout out to dad. He's not going to be listening. He doesn't care. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's fine. At least we did it. Um, and so for me, like, in being the elder elder brother as well, right? Because I have one younger brother. He's only, like, uh, two years different. So for mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm, I couldn't mm-hmm. even look up, if that, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I guess, mm-hmm. in a way, there's a whole... There's, there's a burning desire that I wake up every morning with wanting to inspire and wanting to be there for other people, which is kind of like what you were trying to say with different words. I totally relate so beautiful. with that because I guess I come from a story where I, growing up, didn't necessarily had that, I didn't have the two sides, I had one side. And quite honestly, yeah. I'm proud and I'm grateful because that one side has made me the man um, that yeah. I am today. And so couldn't be any Most prouder. Definitely. Now, diverting from that, I... Well, thank you for sharing. No, 100%, Aram. I think a lot of people will identify and benefit from you sharing that story. And likewise, and amazing. Now, diverting a bit towards what has it been like being a social influencer and i'm going to even pose a a separate question here you working with brands that are like one so cool like i think some of the brands that you're working with are so cool to work with and i think a lot of people and probably a lot of girls i guess would love to be able to work with those brands and i can name a few i mean there's a long list right now so i don't really want to go to all of them erin but you know Pandora, for example, one of the bigger recent ones. <laughs> That's the only brand I really work with. Like, I rarely do ads. I can't remember the last time I did a paid ad. Like, 
this really isn't like my income source. Do you know what I mean? Like this is like fun. And if a brand does choose to work with me, then that's cool because if I like them, that makes sense. But no, I want to preface this because I don't want people thinking that this is out here working with over a brand. Like I'm probably making 10% of the brand collaborations that other girls with the same following as me are managing to do. And I definitely, I want to speak about this very briefly, but I think there's a problem systematically within the influencer industry um, where it's weighed very much against influencers of colour and in particular black influencers but I think that the light hasn't been shed on the statistics for Asian influencers so I'd be really really interested to see that because I do think that there's a lack of representation of Asian influencers amongst many brands. 100% and so the point I was trying to make I guess was I'm, I'm by the way I was fully aware of that right even though yeah I, the question I was going with is more on the side of you know how how cool is it just like how does it feel like you know being able to like it's not even about what you're making or who you're working with like it's more like you know how does it feel that you even get that opportunity because Bayern is your full time sometimes I walk down the high street like when it was open or like I'd go Westfields which is a shopping mall for those of you who aren't from London and I'd be like I got something for free from them I got something for free from them and the thing is I can't pay my bills in free jackets and notebooks or whatever other free things these brands give me as much as I love to I can't so it's just kind of like a little bit of fun but it really is who was the I think it was H&M I used to be obsessed with it. I'm actually wearing H&M right now I bought this dress but I used to be obsessed with H&M when I was younger and I remember last year they gifted me a bunch of clothes and the word gifted means they gave it to you for free and you do the content that you please from that and I was so gassed I felt like I had come full circle. I felt like I had made it in life. Didn't make a single penny from the three dresses that I managed to get. But I was just like, wow, younger Erin would be so impressed to know that I got something for free with H&M. And H&M know exactly who I am. So yeah, it is a very, very cool feeling. Definitely. What you think it feels like, it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you just phrased that. Amazing. That's cool. Awesome. YouTube. Let's talk about YouTube because you created a channel... Again, I'm going to say recently, but I know it's been like probably over a year or something. But for some reason, everything in my head. No, just under, just under. I think it was springtime last year. A lot of things apparently happened springtime last year. I don't know what I was doing. Hey, spring. <laughs> look at <laughs> you have something to look forward to. Spring 2021 is here. So maybe it'll be, it'll be your season again. But honestly, okay. YouTube is something that you started. I want to know one thing here. Why did you start it? Eric, I started because of peer pressure literally everyone in the industry or my followers everyone's like you need to do youtube erin and i was so against it because i was like i don't have a camera i don't have a tripod i don't know how to edit i don't know how to upload things like i was just like all of these procedural things was really really putting me off and i was honestly forced into it and i have to be honest with you i don't enjoy youtube i enjoy filming the video do i enjoy everything that comes with it no i find it really long really difficult, really convoluted. I have an editor in Canada, shout out to Gert. He is literally my bestie, I love him. That made things so much easier, but just working out the right camera, trying to work out my laptop doesn't have an SD port, having to find an adapter, like I literally found it also difficult. And it's definitely my smallest and slowest growing of all my platforms. But I do believe that my like true followers watch it. And if they get like 10 minutes of happiness, maybe like once a week, then I'll do it for that one or two people who do benefit from it. But 
it really isn't like it really isn't my focus because I don't gain much from it because I don't enjoy it whereas things like TikTok I gain so much happiness when I film my TikToks and I enjoy it so I love it and I put so much energy into it this is why I respect you so much like you literally just said because I know someone is going to benefit from me doing this someone's going to get inspiration or whatever it is from me doing this this is why I'm doing it this is like one of the many reasons why I respect you so much that's literally like one of the things that I wanted to mention like you literally and if people still listening to this podcast haven't realized like <laughs> you doing it like out you're just being authentic and you're doing it from your heart and I just honestly amount of respect for you and, and enough gassing you anyways <laughs> yeah I know my head is not gonna fit through my bathroom door anyway <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know right because we've just touched on CEO entrepreneur Erem we just touched on social influencer having to deal with brand deals and sort of just personal stuff Erem and then YouTube Erem and then there's probably like 20 other Erems that I'm not going to name right now but I, you get the point yeah. we're multifaceted a hundred percent sis gotta be now question is how do you handle that kind of context switching because CEO Erem in a team meeting is going to be different from not different okay it's, it's still the same person but it requires a different you right being in a in a business meeting requires a different type of of view than a brand deal communication or than a so youtube true. youtube content creation how do you go from yeah. context switching you know on a regular yeah. basis that's such a good question eric no one ever asked me this and this is i would definitely say one of the hardest things about my job and it is it is literally just trying to manage all the different errands the different people and the different situations require of me i think it's kind of become second nature like you're getting you're getting real errand but you're also getting the podcast version of real errand you know if we were on video there would be a different version of errand that you'd be seeing right now you know i'm making sure that my words are clear i'm making sure that i'm not stumbling over my words as much as i can i'm making sure that my accent isn't leaning too heavily towards London and slang and stuff so people across the world can understand. But I think for me, something that I've really benefited from is making sure I have the right people in the right place. So for instance, my assistant and everyone who knows me in my life knows that I am just the driest, deadest texter in the world. Like if you don't know me, you'll see me text and be like, she's pissed off with me. She's pissed off with me and it's been three minutes of me knowing her and she's already angry. It's not that. It's that I don't have time to kind of like send the emojis and the hearts and the kisses and like the, hey, honey, it's just kind of like see you at six. And that's as, as far as I can go. It's just not my personality. So making sure I have people in place who can filter me and my decisions and things I say outwardly and trusting those people. So my assistant knows the way I communicate. And if I kind of, she's like to me, Erin, can you help with this caption? I'll say it to her within one line, but she knows how to build out that one line into a whole full paragraph. Do you know what I mean? So I now have management. And if they ask me, do you like this brand? What are your thoughts on it? I'll give a very rough overview. They will then take those ideas for content and stuff, fancy it up and deliver it to them. That's that filtration process when it comes to the communication that I think is really, really important that allows me to be my authentic self at all times. Having said that, not everyone likes real RM, authentic RM, dry text to RM. And that's okay. You need to go through a process of trial and error with the people around you in order to land upon your final team. And I have to say, like, that song, I'm not trying to be deep or anything, but you know Drake starts with the bottom. Everyone's rolling their eyes now. Mm -hmm. But, like, I couldn't relate to that back then. But then I look at the people on my table these days, and I'm just like, 
Yo, we really started from the bottom. Like, you were really putting stickers on bottles in hotel rooms with me until four in the morning. Like, you really did that with me. So that, I think, is really important, having the right people in the right place. I'm, I'm speechless. Did not, did not expect to hear that. But again, it goes back to the amazing team that you have around you that knows you so well now that communication is flawless, like you said. And yeah, big yeah. fan of the song, by the way. Shout out to Drake. He's not going <laughs> to listen to this, but still shout out. I mean, this podcast was sponsored by Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. By the way, have you ever heard the song Do Not Disturb by Drake? Yeah. Right. That's just it's what... on the More Life album. Yeah, More Life, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is how I know you're a real fan, honestly. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite songs from Drake. It just gets me in the mood. It's all about being in your element, just being doing your work. Oh, I'll listen to it later. Yeah, listen to He's it. He's got so many songs. Like, I think you can kind of forget what each one is about. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's like a really, like, everyone remembers, like, Greece. You know, that's not like any of the other songs. Mm-mm. But yeah, do not stop listening. Yeah. Greece, yeah. I yeah. listened to that and I was like, I'm going to manifest someone flying me to Greece. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Do you know what? <laughs> Flights to Greece increased. Probably <laughs> 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 so people could get that and do that Instagram story from the hotel room. Mm-hmm. There we go. Of course you would know about this. Have you been to Greece, Erin? <laughs> uh, I have when I was younger. No, after the song, after the song. No. Okay, I'll let you off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, with that said, what does a day in the life of Erin Core look like? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. My followers know this, but sis really does wake up at 12 o'clock every day. And it's not a joke. And I'm not saying it to be quirky and different. I really, really cannot allow my prefrontal cortex to be awake prior to that because I think I get vertigo. I don't really, but I just don't know what's going on in the world. If it's anything a.m. o'clock, I'm just confused. I don't know where I am. I can't stand. I'm just like lost, lost. So I wake up at 12 o'clock most days. Having said that, I go to sleep at five, six in the morning. So I do generally get the correct, you know, seven, six hours of sleep. Um, Sometimes eight, sometimes I sleep at four. And I start the day, I cannot skip breakfast. I know that you need to start your day with a hot drink. Same here. I love to have a cup of tea or a coffee in the morning. I recently bought a coffee machine and I feel very, very grown up. My dad hates it because it's really loud. (laughs) For a little machine, for a little cup of coffee, it it makes too much noise. But I have that. Um, of course, I do my prayer. I do my morning routine in general, which is like prayer, da, 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 everything else, stretches. Um, <clears throat> generally, I will start the day kind of like after that. My first call will be Instagram, the DMs, the emails, that type of thing. And it really is where the day takes me. So sometimes I'll have a day full of like a press day where it'll be full of podcasts, interviews, calls, meetings with brands, of course, over Zoom. Sometimes it will be a matter of me needing to go to the warehouse to check on our stock to make sure, you know, to sign off on a new shipment and whatnot. Well, delivery, not shipment. We're from the UK. And then, like I said, I'm a big chatty person on the phone so I like to chat on the phone maybe I'll need to take some Instagram content or film a YouTube video so I'll go ahead and do that but I have to say to you Eric like not all my day not one of my days is the same and I think that's the beauty like growing up in a situation where I didn't have like a routine having being able to have that as an option as an adult I think is such a blessing Um, because I've just never done well with routine I've never been that girl that was able to wake up and do a nine to five. Like I absolutely hated it when I was doing it. I just couldn't see myself doing it for, you know, for, for the length of time. Um, so I really did kind of craft the life I always wanted to live without even knowing I wanted that type of life. And then, yeah, I go to sleep really late. Like my assistants will definitely get to do lists from me at some point at three in the morning. Um, they kind of got used to it. I think probably the first time I sent them that they were very pissed off. They were very sleepy. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, it's different every day. Fair enough. I, I figured there isn't such thing as a typical day, but I was I was curious yeah. to know what For most the... entrepreneurs, I think. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like it's just it's every day is a new exciting day that you woke yeah, up. Yeah, especially with to. lockdown, like it's it's kind of hard to not have a routine. Um, so me maintaining not having a routine in lockdown has been a challenge. That I <laughs> no, hundred percent. That's that's pretty cool. Also, on that note. If you buy a coffee machine, that's when you like you basically achieve a new level of like being an adult. Like you actually. Oh went- my god! Uh, when I bought my coffee machine, my girls' group chat was like, "I knew I made it when I could afford a coffee machine for myself." And I was like, "Sis, the pods alone." I I felt so grown up for real, so grown up. This thing. <laughs> it literally, like it's when you start realizing that your priorities in life are completely changing. Like, sis yeah. is getting a coffee machine. She's having her espresso in a or latte. What? <laughs> Yeah, so funny. Like experimenting with different coffee blends. Who am I? 100%. There is two final questions for before we wrap this up. And I really don't want to wrap it up. Honestly, I've had so much fun. Me too. (laughs) So this next segment of the podcast is a one question only. It's called the who's next. And effectively, it's asking you if you have any friends or do you know anyone or of anyone that you think might be good for this podcast and that you'd like to see here next? And basically just give them a shout out and we'll try and reach out to them. And basically we'll try and make it happen if possible. Um, so I won't give the name just in case he doesn't want me to say his name, but my lawyer, he truly is one of the most inspirational, straight talking, funny guys I've ever met. And I think it'd be really interesting to shed some light on something a little bit less random like an entrepreneur's life is random but like a lawyer's life is probably a bit more stable i don't even know i don't know what he does on a daily basis but yeah i'll give you his details afterwards amazing do you have any two other people sorry i forgot to mention it was like a top three do you have two other people that come to your mind oh i would say shireen khan she's the owner of hannah london salon she's a really really inspirational she's my big sister like chat her every single day she is amazing um and then i would finally say oh you know what i would say um I don't know what he's called. He has a podcast about sobriety, Angus Reynolds. We went to school together. Um, he's really interesting. You should definitely talk to him. Amazing. I'll try and reach out to the people you mentioned. So shout out to all those three people. Awesome. Now the final question. The one typical question that everyone gets when they come on this podcast. It's it's a tradition, so you can't es- escape the tradition. Aram, what's up and what's next for you? Um, so what's up for me right now is I'm really, really focusing on creating our shampoo and conditioner formula. It's really difficult, like, because there's so many nasties in the world of hair care, sulfates, parabens, silicones, all of these types of things. So trying to create something that's 100% natural, but also performs in the way that someone would want a shampoo and conditioner to perform is a really, really big task, but that's something I'm working on right now. And I guess what's next would be to expand the BioM product line. So we've got a brush launching in February, March, um, which can be used on the hair and the beard. I'm sure you're familiar with the brush because we sold out in like two minutes uh, and everyone was very upset at me and I'm really, really sorry. I didn't know it was going to sell out. Like I bought over a thousand. Like I didn't know it was going to take two minutes. So we live and we learn. Sis has more stock this time. We're relaunching. It looks better as well. Um, so that's what's next. What about you? What's up? Okay, well, Eric, welcome, Eric, welcome to our podcast. What is up? And what is that? Not never asked you. Do you know that you are the first guest on the podcast who literally asked me the question back? 
Because the one time you spoke about yourself, about your mum, like it was so interesting and I liked you as a person so much better after that. So I think you should share more about yourself. Oh, okay. So you hated really me. So you yeah. hated me before that. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> um, okay, what's up and what's next? Uh, do you yeah, know what? What's up and what's next? It feels so weird being in this position. Now I know how everyone else feels. Okay. So right now I'm just I'm just trying to focus on being a better me, all around. Just being a better me. Like this is all physical, mental, and and emotional as well. And and becoming the best version of yourself is a process, right? It's not something that you can achieve overnight. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying my best to change little things within me, little habits, and and also I'm working on a really big project right now. I probably shouldn't say it right now because I don't know when this episode is going to be released. But it doesn't matter. I uh, I can tell you what it is, and if it's already out by then, it's out by then. But I'm kind of working on a documentary right now, and. It's not necessarily like my life documentary, but it's a certain aspect of my life documentary. So it's not like my my life story. So I don't want people to get the wrong impression. But it's basically there's this initiative going on right now, which I can't name because it'll give it away. I'm participating in that initiative and I'm documenting the process within that initiative. So that's something I'm working on right now. Again, okay, amazing. With the same goal to inspire people. I would not be doing it if it wasn't for the sake of inspiring other people around me mm-hmm. and so that's something big that i'm currently that. working on and yeah that's right now for short term that's what's next for long term it's just all around becoming the best version of myself and being able to elevate this podcast the way i have today like today is a big milestone for me and i, I have no problem in, in 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 admitting that because last year i had a certain list of people that they were dream guests for the podcast last year and yeah. they were not feasible at the time and it just didn't make sense at the time and we've spoken about what makes sense and what doesn't and this year the tables have turned to a, to a point where people who were dream guests such as yourself and yeah. we we now have convers I I'm now having conversations with those some of those people not not everyone obviously like Drake is not here and we're not talking but <laughs> some of those people that I dreamed of once upon a time to come on the podcast are now people that I'm having a conversation about coming on the podcast and that for me means a lot and so yeah that's the the I, I'm longing this out so much God. yeah that's no, what's up and that's what's next Erem so thank you so much this has been fun. Thank you. It's honestly been so much fun. I really appreciate your time, Erem. Thank you so much. And if you guys have enjoyed today's episode, then please make sure to listen to the next podcast to find out what's up and what's next. <laughs>